you. That's right. I'm evil. Why? Why would you? Because. I'm fed up. You are just like every other lady in my life. Derek told me about the way you behave around other men. Derek also told me about the way you... Welcome back to the Haddonfield Horrors Podcast, where we review horror movies and horror franchises. I'm Mark. I'm Tawan. And today we're reviewing New Year's Evil, released in 1980, directed by Emmett Alston, story by Emmett Alston, and Leonard Newbar. Tuan, can you give the people the plot summary? Lonely women wanted to celebrate New Year's Eve become easy prey for a maniacal murdering misogynist whose New Year's resolution is to kill women at the stroke at every stroke of midnight. New Year's Evil. Um, I was looking for, you know, after we did all our Christmas movies for December, I was like, you know, what if we do a New Year's movie for our first movie of 2024? And this is our first episode of 2024, so let's hope. We have a great year. Too bad we didn't start off with a better movie, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, but this movie was interesting. Like I had never seen this movie before. It's just one of those movies, like, I love 80s horror. So, like, I always knew it existed. And the mask looks kind of creepy. But this is one of the most sexist, misogynistic, weird, incestual movies ever. Because, like, very disturbing. So this woman, it, she wasn't a stripper. She was just, like, a, an announcer, a presenter. It was given Vanna White. <laughs> I'm asking. <laughs> like, what was she? Honestly, I don't know. Like, it, she wasn't giving. Like, she didn't even seem like that good of a host. Right? And I have, so, like, she's in these sexy clothes. It's New Year's Eve. So, of course, everyone's looking, you know. Fresh looking death, good you know? but then her husband is out killing people and then her son is trying to like have sex with her or something like that like I, I was so like i was i definitely thought that the son was her boyfriend when he first came on the scene that first scene it gave boyfriend i'm like oh she's gonna have a stalker boyfriend or he's gonna die and then like the dialogue changed and i was like mom Son, what the fuck is this? Like, I, I don't know. It it was just too much. Yeah, it was. It was definitely. It was a bit confusing for sure. Like I, I didn't. Um, like at least like that part of it. Like because it definitely was not giving a mother and son. It was. It, it wasn't at all. And. Once you know we get through later in the movie and find out what's happening, I'm like, okay, so that really is that really is your son. Like that really is your son. Like you mm-hmm. got a husband, and like I'm like that's so, like I thought he wanted to fuck you. He, I think he does, and I'm trying to understand. So this family, I, 
I, we'll, we'll get to that. But like, I don't know. Like the the plot wasn't plotting, and the smart part about the film that I that I liked is that the killer was tracking not just the the midnight countdown in his local state or local time zone. He was killing people based off all the time yeah, zones time he possibly. Yeah. So like I'm like okay okay this is this is interesting, but then only like five people got killed. And then I watched the kill count, and people who I thought were killed weren't killed. Like, the biker who was stabbed didn't die, apparently. The cop was just knocked out cold. He wasn't killed. And I'm just like, the trickery he did with the elevator was lackluster. And I don't know. Like, not even the kills were given. Like, were the kills, were the scenes, was anything standing out to you? Not really. Um... And I, and I, I want to say like it, a lot of it felt like very random, but I mean that was kind of the point. Like he was just kind of going after like random women. Hey, but it, it's even though that was the case, it still felt very random. Like I don't know. Like I felt like maybe if he like maybe if he like picked people off who were at the party. Actually, you know, I just re- I just did it in my head. Like, if he picked off people who were at the party that she was hosting and, like, placing the bodies in different parts of the building or something like that, and we're trying to, like, like in a kind of a whodunit in a sense, like, what's going on, like, that would have been kind of interesting a little more. But, like, every... It just That's what like I was expecting. And, and if they wanted us to believe it was the son, like, it could have been any guy or any person who, like, looked at her or talked to her for too long who might have been suggestive or flirty like that would have made so much more sense to me yeah but then to find out it's the husband was like what the fuck yeah and it didn't it didn't really it didn't really do anything i know it's supposed to be like that you know kind of it could be anyone type of deal um like with this movie like it could be anyone it was like if it was like random attacks and stuff but it felt like too random, like to a point where I didn't really care what was happening until we got to the end of the movie. Like it just wasn't pieced together, like like properly. Like I I didn't really care for the original Black Christmas, but while most of that was pretty random and what like Billy was doing, like kill like killing the sorority sisters, like they were all entangled with each other, so. It was like a matter of like care. it was interwoven, and he was playing a game with them. Yeah, like, and it was like and a I matter felt of like care. yeah, and like I felt like I got to actually know those characters. So when they died, like I kind of was like, ah. But also, the kills were inventive. Like these kills weren't inventive. Yeah, they, he wasn't. Yeah, he didn't do anything special with like the kills. Like I don't know. Like maybe he used like a, like he could like sharpen the fucking like New Year's glasses that everybody wears and like stab someone with them. Like it just wasn't. It just wasn't nothing different. Like this is a New Year's. Like kill somebody with a fireworks explosion. Like I don't like. It can't have been I don't anything. Know, like a like a champagne bottle. Like, Exactly. That's what I say. Like a makeshift champagne bottle or something. Like I don't know. Like just something different would have been a little better than what we got here. Like it really feels like someone just really wanted to make a New Year's horror movie and just did pieced what they could. To it's do like so. they saw what Halloween was and they're like, okay, we wanted we wanted our own holiday horror movie, but like. 
Halloween did more than just be set on Halloween. Like, they were talking about trick-or-treating. They incorporated masks. Like, it being, it being Halloween was why the killer, Michael Myers, could just, like, walk around town with his costume on. It all played to the plot. There was nothing played into the plot of why this movie had to be set on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Like, really if, you, if you weren't going to kill people at the New Year's Eve party, then, like... But that's fucking banned. Yeah, like, the music was the music was like I okay, I know that was the music at the time. I'm not gonna talk about like the actual music that was playing, but like why like it's felt like we were watching like mini music videos at a certain point. <laughs> like, like those cutscenes like, were too long. <laughs> I'm like, like, why are these cutscenes like, so long? Like I would have thought like one of the band members was gonna die, but like no, it was just fucking long. Yeah, like it just it, there's a lot of missing pieces here that could have made this like better, and it just like they went with like a, like the most probably simplest plot that could have gone with, and it just it didn't really add up for anything special in my opinion. Which you you know the the idea of the killer killing someone at every stroke of like midnight in a different time zone that's cool. But everything else didn't really pan out to be something special here. And which, you know, every movie doesn't need to be special. All ideas are, like, derivative at a certain point. But it just didn't... What the Sorry. I don't know. My phone just went off. I agree with James A. Janice. Because what the fuck was that? Yeah, I was watching before this also. Um to refresh but yeah just there wasn't really anything inventive here that kind of added to what we got and like like i say like you don't have to like like remake the wheel or anything but you know a little a little bit more goes a long way and i feel like the only reason people even remember this movie and the reason that we're doing is because it's a new year's based horror movie outside of that though they don't have much else besides like the, the weird sun in here and that that mask that you mentioned which is you know it was a little bit like slightly scary but besides that there wasn't much to give us yeah it was just i don't know the the scenes weren't making sense the story wasn't making sense the kills weren't like there was nothing keeping me in and i just kept on trying to figure out what does this have to do with new year's eve like besides him killing to the countdown based off the time zone. New Year's Eve played no like other part in this plot and it was just useless. Now, typically we talk about the characters individually, but I feel like there are only three characters in this movie that really mattered and they're all part of the same family. So let's just talk about the family as a whole or whatever, because the, dyna- the dynamics is crazy. So you have this, this mom who's attractive, who may be a hostess, who might be some type of disc jockey or something. But then her her son is perverted and has like this, this, this Oedipus complex and wants to fuck her. And then her husband is a misogynistic pig who's killing women. And then who also tries to kill her. But then the son also might now be a killer. I thought he was just a Push pervert. <laughs> like, it was just... It was so much happening with these three characters and just, like, who decided to, like... And it kind of made her unrootable, for me, in my opinion, because 
if your husband's some crazy serial killer and your son is some sex pervert, then there has to be something wrong with you. Like, the, 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 the connecting dots to these two men is you. Like, what's your issue? Because there's no way you're sane when your husband's a serial killer and your son's a pervert. Like, some, like we're missing something from her backstory. We're missing something in general. I don't even know what happened that led up to this New Year's Eve. You telling me he been mad all year and he chose <laughs> the start of the new year? He's like, I'm going to end this year in a bloodshed. And how long has the son been trying to fuck his mom? This can't just be like a new year, like, oh, it's about to be 1981. I'm about to go clap my mom's cheeks real quick before 1980 ends. Like, that, like there's a buildup needed. Like, I hate a prequel because prequels give away too much or the remakes give away, they add too much details. But, like, I'm advocating for a remake or a prequel because I need more details. What's with this family? Honestly, like, I would I would like a remake of this that doesn't, that only keeps the New Year's factor and the fact that they die on the stroke of every midnight and yes. then to do something completely different. I mean, but, the like, I... I Cause I really like, I really would like the concept of it being like, kind of like prom night. They were, it's like a party going on and people are getting picked off one by one. Prom night is the perfect, my perfect example. Cause they were being killed at prom. Like the party's happening and we are getting picked off one by one. Yeah. And it would make sense. Like it, it, I feel like it would have made a little bit more sense if they were getting picked off at the new year's party with the random, because even and even then, like it still will be random. You can still take pick off like random people there, but it just it will add a little bit more because it's happening there. And I feel like we didn't need this family in the center of it. Yeah, but what are your thoughts on the on, on the family though? As, like as a whole, like um, it all felt like. They they didn't they didn't seem like they'd be a family. Like I don't the mom wasn't giving me like motherly vibes. Like she was giving me like single woman about her business. The son was just giving me like creep vibes, but he also wasn't giving me like the vibes of something like of a of like someone that is at an event with his mom. Like he was being so weird. Like, why are you in the, why are you in the green room the whole time? Like, why are you like, at least go out to the party or something? Like he was just being like very like off putting. And I know they were, they were like trying to do that to like make his character seem off putting, but it also is like, for what? Cause at least like you mentioned, if like this concept was switched up, he could have been, assumed to maybe have been the killer but we know it's not him because he was at the same location the entire time with the mom so you can't you can't even like rule into that so it just all felt it didn't really it didn't feel like there was a family dynamic there like if we got just even the slightest bit of them together prior we could have at least like started at a base of something but all we started at was mother and son are here Husband is on his way, possibly. And that was about it. And there wasn't nothing else kind of added to that factor. So it didn't really lean into me caring as much about them. And to be fair, I never even like felt that um, Blaze was in trouble like at any point, besides like the ending. But prior to that, it just felt like... 
they like whoever the killer was until we found out was just doing it so um they could have an audience but nobody actually cared <laughs> if we're being true like nobody actually at that party besides the police cared it was like that phone call happened like it didn't even cause like any unease like people were still just partying and doing x y and z at the party and not really caring about what was going on <laughs> and it didn't do anything for it like the family dynamic because it didn't make at least like it didn't make us think that any, any of them were going to be in peril at, at that point in time. And, you know, once we do find out at the end that it was like the um, blaze's husband or, you know, the father um, of the, of like the family, it still didn't add anything. I mean, it was kind of like a, Oh shit. It was like, it was the husband the whole time. You know, once I found out, watching the movie but after that i was it, it was st- it still reverted back to being kind of boring like the reveal was like just that a reveal it didn't really do anything for me in the sense that because you know usually if you get a if you get once you get a reveal in a slasher movie like that like you, it's kind of like a oh shit moment or oh damn like what's gonna happen next but then what we got next really wasn't anything of not not saying importance, but anything that made me want to even like continue watching the movie, I finished it. But um, the whole dynamic just didn't add much because there really wasn't a dynamic to begin with. Yeah, it was just I I don't know. This movie just <sighs> the concept is good. What we got. The execution, all of that, none of it, none of it made sense. Like a remake that's not focused around this family, that honestly, it could be about teenagers going to a New Year's Eve party. It could be about adults going to a New Year's Eve party. Like if you set this movie in a big, like, metropolitan city area, like New York, Times Square on, on New Year's Eve, or LA, or Chicago, and you open it up and like like this group of friends is just being stalked all over their New Year's Eve night out and whatever. Like that could be fun. But having this family, this weird ancestral misogynistic family in the middle of it, like the motives made no sense. Women are bad. So I'm going to kill all these women and then kill my wife. But Meanwhile, my son is a pervert and trying to fuck my wife slash his mother. Like those stories weren't connected, and then the random music cuts. Like I just, like this movie could have been so good, so much better. But before we give our cash or pass, Tuan, can you give the people the plot? Ah, Tuan, can you give the people the behind the scenes info and facts? So, the behind the scenes was this movie had a budget of $500,000. It brought in a box office that is unidentified to us. Some interesting facts. There are none. <laughs> and as far as critic reaction goes, the film currently sits at a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, for the first time in 2024, Tuan, do we cash or pass New Year's Eve? You know, Mark, after everything, I would like to cash this movie (laughs) 
to the grave. Was, <laughs> <laughs> to the grave. <laughs> I am I am definitely passing on this. I probably will never this movie is probably gonna leave my mind once we stop talking about it. Like I'm probably never gonna think about it again. Um I definitely feel like this is one of those properties that's nobody knows about. So even if it did get a remake, it probably wouldn't even be considered a remake. It would just be its own thing at that point. Cause I feel like whatever, like, I feel like whatever would happen by someone else taking it on would be way better than what we got here. Uh, and just using the same name. Cause I mean, the name itself, new year's evil, the name kind of, the name goes a little off. Like I like the name, the name slaps, like the name slaps, like new year's evil. Like that slaps, like that was sell. And I feel like we could definitely get something, something different out of this, out of this property. And it would just, it would be better than what this is. And uh, maybe that'll be, maybe me and Marco will do that. That'll be our movie. <laughs> um, make, make our own New Year's Evil. Yeah, yeah. I can do, I, I'll come up with a concept and we can get a script going. Like, don't, don't, you know, Letters to Media Production. We, we can do this. <laughs> but for me, for me, it's also going to be a pass. And I feel like it's kind of ironic that we just came off the, the Black Christmas because I feel like that Black Christmas original didn't need that 2006 remake. It definitely didn't need a 2019 remake. Because that was a good movie for it at the time. But I think that New Year's Evil should have gotten the treatment that Black Christmas got. Like, let's just re- remake this, modernize it, change the story, make it good. Keep the name, because the name hits. Like they should have did to New Year to New Year's Evil what they did to Black Christmas because this movie makes no sense. This is one of those B horror movies that try to copy the the Halloween like 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 format and just did not hit it. Like did not hit it. So this is a complete pass for me, and it sucks that we start off the new year on a double pass. And if Maria was here, she'd be passing too. But Maria yeah, will we'll be pass on Maria's behalf. <laughs> yes, yes, on her behalf. But Maria will be back next week for I don't know. I think a good movie. Our our first like really big movie up for twenty twenty four is going to be the Blackening. All three of us going to be back, and we're going to review this movie. It's going to be good. It's going to be interesting. Twan, I've already seen it. Uh, I'm pretty. Sure, I, I think Maria's also seen it, but it's a good movie. It's a good time. It's definitely better than this. So, hope you guys tune tune in. And I hope 2024 is going to be a great year for all of us in the podcast. Yes. Um, Mark, before we close, Mm -hmm, mm it's the beginning of the year. Do you have a movie that you're looking forward to, horror movie, for 2024? Like coming out, like brand new? Yeah. I mean, with everything kind of on pause on the on this side of the pond, I'm looking forward to looking forward to the extended Talk to Me universe. You know, we got Talk to Me Two has been greenlit, and they already filmed the Talk to Me prequel. Like we saw pretty much the tail end, like the the opening shot where that guy stabs himself in the neck, like. The prequel is going to be about him and how he got the hand and all that stuff. So I'm ex- I'm excited like that the lore is opening. So I'm excited for Talk to Me 
two. Yeah. I'm excited for the prequel. I'm excited for us to cover those movies on on the podcast this year. That's pretty much all. That's like the big one I'm excited for. I was gonna say Scream uh, Seven, Oof. but that's up in the air, and I like. I don't even know if I want to like. Honestly, if they make it when it comes out, we're gonna watch it. We're gonna review it because I'm a completist. We already started. We gotta finish. But with with Melissa being out, like, ugh. and then Jenna Ortega also dropped out in Solidarity. They went back to Mel- to Melissa, but she said no. I'm so glad she said no. Like, fuck them, girl. Stand on business. Yes. Yeah, so like, right now, it has to be like I'm excited for the talk to me. Like to see that universe expanded. I'm so excited to see where this goes. But what about you? I think for me, I am looking forward to the Final Destination six. Is it gonna be is it gonna be a six or is it gonna be a remake? So we don't they say they're calling it reimagining, but we don't know what it's gonna be called, if it's gonna be six or have like a tagline to it. I don't think it's gonna be like a a whole like just final destination like like Halloween was. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's gonna be like that. But um, that wouldn't even make sense for the Final Destination franchise. I mean, they're all kind of like separate anyway. Like yeah, so I don't I don't think it'll do that. But I mean, if they did do that, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the worst thing, especially since five <clears throat> wrapped back into the first one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if they did do that, I mean, that could be I fine. Mean, cause they I mean, already have a loose continuity anyway. Like, yeah, the most we get is references to the previous one. Yeah. So I think, so I'm, but I'm excited for what that, and what that holds. Cause, um, at least to my knowledge, um, that was honest. That was really supposed to start filming before, like, at before, like right before the writer strike and everything happened, so they they had a complete. Do you know who's directing? Um, I think he dropped out, but originally the director was supposed to be John Watts, who did the who did the mm. Spider Man movies, like the recent Spider Man movies. Now I don't know if he's still attached at this point because I do remember hearing something about him dropping out of it probably because it was taking a while to get get there but um yeah he was attached so i don't know at this point in time who's um gonna be doing it but i am looking forward to that i love to find destination movies i can't wait for us to cover them and um i've been i've been every 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 year i'm like oh we're gonna do we're gonna do um Fire Destination this year. We're going to do Fire Destination. We still haven't fucking done it. But, you know, I'm going to say we, we were going to do it. We were going to do it 2023. But around the time I was getting ready to put it on the schedule, I think you told me that there was going to be a new, a new um, release. For, um, no, yeah, not only that, but you also told me about the new. Uh, uh, what the movies are called with Patrick Wilson? Because the conjuring's in my head. Yes, you talking about the Insidious? And I was like, oh, we can. Just, I've never seen Insidious. It's a short franchise. Let's do that instead. So, and then after that, it became Saw. So, like, I feel like we can find we do well. Our upcoming franchise, which we won't spoil yet, that mm-hmm. that will probably take majority of the, the spring summer. Should probably fall too, but we'll, we'll yeah. see where we land. We'll see where we land with our upcoming franchise 
I can't wait. We have so much planned for this year. So, yep. Thank you guys and for for listening. And what one? Oh no, I was <laughs> I was gonna say I looked it up. It's gonna be Final Destination Six Bloodlines. That's the name Ooh. of it. Uh uh-uh. uh. See, this given it's given Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. And that didn't <laughs> they get. did say that Bloodworth, like Tony Todd's character, is going to be like, a, like in it again. So maybe that has something to do with it. Oh, okay, okay. Well, hopefully, twenty twenty four is a good year for horror. You know, well, I thought this past year was pretty decent. We actually, we had, yeah, we had a good year. We, we had, had a, a good, had year. good releases. And you know, I think the podcast we covered some very we covered some hit and some hits or and some misses and some unknown movies. Um, I feel like our biggest ones of the of twenty twenty three was definitely the Saw franchise and the menu, surprisingly. The menu did like a did crazy and so did Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies was literally like that's why I'm looking forward to, to, to doing the blackening next week because it gives me the same vibe as Bodies, 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 but you know Yeah. With the melanin, but what what odd people's so you know, I'm just I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> but Thank you guys for listening to us all 2023. We hope you stick along for 2024 with a lot of stuff planned, a lot of new exciting stuff happening. So thank you guys. Good night. If you like this episode, please be sure to check out Hide and Fear Horror's past reviews from big franchises like Halloween, Friday the 13th, and the Chucky franchise, or one-off reviews like Us and Midsommar. You can follow Hide and Fear Horrors on Instagram and TikTok, where the host posts updates and many reviews. Full episodes are available on several podcasting platforms. If you're listening to us on YouTube, don't forget to please like and subscribe. Hide and Fear Horror is produced by Mark Smart, Maria Perez, and Tuan Griffin. Edited by Mark Smart. Themed by Lethal Injections. The Hide and Feel Horrors podcast is a Letters to Media production. Should we do an intro?